Welcome to Hope Community Podcast. It's great to have you join us today listening online. We pray you'll be impacted by our message this week. Enjoy. So Father, we just thank you, Lord, uh, that you're here today, God. And we thank you that uh, one of the most powerful ways that you manifest your presence, that you speak, that you move, Lord, is through your word, God. And so we just thank you for your truth, Lord. Uh, We open ourselves up. We say, God, we want to receive the transforming work of your word, the life-giving work of your word. And, uh, And we come into this time too where we receive the giving, Father, and we just thank you, Lord, for the way that you bless. And we trust you for your provision as well, God. And we celebrate ahead of time the ways that you bless and you move forward in the things that you do as you bring increase, Father. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Ushers are going to come around and receive the giving just as I kick off this morning. I've got a prop here today. And uh, it's not for this purpose, but I feel like one of those people that gets so worked up when they preach that they get all sweaty and they have to have a forehead cloth. Uh, Maybe that's what will happen today. I don't know. But... Anyway, hey, listen, uh, I'm going to jump right in. We're going to cover a little bit of ground today. If you've got your Bibles, grab them out now because I'm going to jump you through a few key passages today and we're going to have a look at some things that stand out in that context. One thing that's interesting, um, after you've been leading for a while and you have the opportunity to speak and to teach, um, you see that there are seasons where God puts certain themes on your heart. And I remember for me, there was a season where he was really speaking to me personally about uh, the fear of the Lord. And we brought some of that into this teaching context and the work of the Holy Spirit and all these different seasons. And I'm in this season right now where God's just constantly speaking about what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And uh, I've been preaching on that. We've been talking about that and looking at as a church. But here's one of the things. It's one thing to say that we're a follower of Jesus and it's a different thing altogether to be following Jesus. Right? Is that all right? Some people say they're a follower of Jesus and some people are following Jesus. Okay? Uh, For an example, if I were to say that I'm a baseball player, most people would say I'm a liar. But if you started to ask me questions about that, I played baseball in year 12 at high school. And uh, that was over 20 years ago now. Uh, Am I a baseball player? Well, I'll leave that up to you. Am I playing baseball? No, not in any way, right? And sometimes in our walk with Jesus, we can have the title, we can have the description, we can even walk in the identity to a certain extent, but are we actually following Jesus? And I believe that this is a message that God's really speaking to us in this season. If you don't really know Jesus, or if we don't really know Jesus for ourselves, then we're going to come up with our own ideas of what it really means to follow Jesus, right? And so let me give you some examples. If you are Uh, a generational Christian, if you've come from a family of Christians, you may just follow Jesus in the same way that your mother and father follow Jesus, right? 
Now, they may have attended church their whole lives, but there may be a lot of other things that they didn't do as instructed by Jesus, but that's been your example of a follower of Jesus, and so you live that way. Are you with me? If you follow an influential Christian on Instagram, and perhaps you spend more time listening to them than you do reading your Bible, then there's probably a good chance that you're a follower of that person and some of the things that they speak into and maybe not a follower of the real Jesus. Is that all right? Okay. No one's walking out yet. That's good. It's easy for us to construct a fictional understanding of what it is to follow Jesus. It's easy for us, if we're not pursuing him ourselves, then we take these bits and pieces, a little bit from TikTok and a little bit from this person said that and a little bit of what we've seen in the past and even a little bit of Pastor Dan said this, and we put it together and we actually create this fictional Jesus. It's like someone who travels the world and collects snow globes from here, there and everywhere, right? And it, the challenge is that we can end up following someone or something that is not really Jesus. And in this day and age... I think the challenge is here because there are so many things that are screaming for our attention and even in the Christian space are saying, this is the way it looks and this is the way it looks and this is who Jesus was and this is what Jesus believes and this is how Christians should be behaving. And if we just listen to all those things rather than pursuing Jesus for ourselves, then we're gonna end up with this, this idea of Jesus which may not be who he really is. One of the reasons I'm so passionate about this is that it was a person of Jesus who transformed my life. Greg was sharing about 20 years ago. It was about 20 years ago for me also. And uh, I've shared this many times, but in, in an answer to prayer, God gave me this burning desire to read his word. I'd never had that in my life before. I thought the Bible was boring. I tried to read it at different times. I could never get into it. I never got anything out of it. And then suddenly I prayed and I asked the Lord, stir up a hunger in me for your word. And he answered that prayer. And I started with the Gospels. If you're here today and you're a new follower of Jesus, great place to start. And as I read these, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, the person of Jesus just smashed me and he turned my life upside down. And here's the serious side to this, right? Some people think, oh, this is elementary stuff, what it means to be a follower of Jesus, right? Here's why this is so serious. In Matthew 7, Jesus is teaching about the kingdom of God and he says things like this. He says, small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few will find it. Now that raises some questions, right? We're like, well, what's that mean in this room? Are there a few in this room? Is it all of us? Verse 21, he says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven 
but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. That is some pretty direct stuff right there, yes? And so some people think this is elementary, but I think it's vitally important to know what it means to really follow Jesus, to be a follower who is following Jesus. So today we're going to have a look at this. I want to take you to a few different passages, like I said. First Kings 19 is the first one, starting at verse 19. He says, So Elijah went from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat, who was ploughing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, he said, and then I will come with you. Go back, Elijah replied, what have I done to you? So Elijah left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the ploughing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people and they ate. Then he set out to follow Elijah and became his servant. Every time I read this passage, I just get a craving for steak. <laughs> I believe there's more to it than that, though. I want to share you some observations from this text. First of all, there were 12 teams of oxen, and that meant that Elisha came from a wealthy farming family. One family might have one team. They had 12. Burning the plough and killing all the oxen signalled a complete break from the past. There was no return for Elisha. There was no plan B. There was no backup plan. He turned from everything and went in that new direction. Now the meal, the amazing fresh steak they ate, that was probably a celebration meal because of what God was doing. It was probably a thanksgiving offering. So this was a significant thing. Another significant thing in this text is the cloak. The cloak was the most important item of clothing that a person could have. It was their protection in weather. It was their bed when they needed a bed. Uh, they would roll it up, they would sit on it. It was so valuable to a person that if they were going to give a pledge for a debt that they could give their cloak. That's how important it was. And so here we see this scene where Elijah comes and he puts his cloak over Elisha. And what he's doing is he's anointing Elisha as God's chosen person. He's saying, you have been set apart and more significantly than that, God is going to do something in you that He's done in me and greater. I'm covering you with this anointing. This was a really big deal. Now, you've got to try and get your head in the game here. Elisha is just in the field. He's ploughing the field. And out of nowhere, Elisha comes and calls him into this move of God. That's just not your average day, right? This was a big deal. 
Now, some people here, you've grown up in a Christian family and you were taught about things of the Lord and you had your journey of faith there. Maybe you committed your life to Jesus at a really young age and, um, and it's just been like a really organic journey for you. Other people here, you were out in the field ploughing and God came and covered you. Amen. And He just plucked you out of where you were in life. And that is an amazing thing. The reason He does that is because He's a God who pursues us. His heart is that none should perish. And so either of those situations are amazing. They're evidence that God desires for us to be in relationship with Him. That's who He is. All right, let's go now to the New Testament. Luke chapter 9. In verse 57. Once again, we have a scene taking place. He says, As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Jesus had some strange answers at time, yeah? Like, was that person just thinking, what? (laughs) Like, he said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plough and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. So the scene here shows us that there were crowds of people who followed Jesus. Uh, Not just the disciples as we know, but whole crowds of people would hear and see Jesus and what he was doing and decide, hey, we're actually going to follow this man, this rabbi, this teacher for ourselves. And so it was just like a camping road trip, right? Wherever Jesus went, these crowds would follow him. Jesus made it clear that if you were going to follow him, then he needed to be number one. But people had their excuses and they wanted to do it their own way, right? But the problem is that we don't get to decide how to do it our own way. If we're choosing how to do it our own way, then we're following ourselves and we're not following Jesus, right? And Jesus made this really clear. The reason he wanted them to follow his way is because he knew that God's plans and purposes are best. That's where, God, that's where people were going to find the fullness of what God wanted for their lives. So I want to do a bit of, uh, uh, I want to have a bit of fun with this this morning. So I'm going to put some people on the spot and uh, I just got my go-tos this morning. So Toby and Ty, they were looking very busy reading their Bibles. It's like, don't make eye contact right now. I'd like you guys to um, just jump up on your feet and... uh, Toby, I'm just going to give you that, just to hang on to for a moment. Um, But first of all, Ty, you're going to be Jesus today, all right? 
And, uh, and Toby, you're going to be Toby Peacock, who is a follower of Jesus, who is following Jesus, okay? And so first thing I want you to do, Ty, is I just want you to be Jesus, and I want you just to move through the room here today, okay? Because Jesus is moving through the room as we gather together, all right? And Toby's job is just to follow you around, okay? So it's up to you, Toby. Oh, that's, that is a good job, Jesus. Gee, we got the right guy here. Is Jesus maybe want to give someone a hug? I don't know. He loves to hug people. Yep, Simon Castle. Yeah, that's great. A healing right now. He's praying, he's blessing people. Oh, Toby just gave someone a hug as well. All right, now just pause there because uh, Toby, like sometimes we're following Jesus and there's distractions in life, right? Like Netflix, uh, Instagram, other things that we may be called to. And today in my pocket, I've got one of these ones. And... uh, I just thought I'd just give you the opportunity, like you can continue to follow Ty or Jesus around today, or you can come and get this one here. Like it's your choice. What do you want to do? He wants, you want, do you want this? From me. (laughs) He's not taking advantage of the illustration, which I appreciate, because this is my personal 50. All right, so that's a no, you're going to continue to follow Jesus, all right? Now, don't get me wrong, this is not necessarily representing money. I don't want to propose that following Jesus means that money is not part of what God may have for you, okay? This is representing distractions that may not be from the Lord, anything that could take our eyes off Jesus, okay? This can be one of the major distractions, right? But Toby today, as the holy man he is, has decided that he's going to continue to follow Jesus, right? To do both, yeah, and duck back, yeah, and that's what we do sometimes as well. Jesus, I'm going to go do this, I'll be back real soon, (laughs) right? All right, that's going away, you've lost your opportunity for that. Um, But just pause there, and I'll just say Toby, like, I am a spiritual man. I've been to Baptist Bible College. And uh, generally, I think I'm a pretty godly guy. And so I want to give you the invitation to come and follow me. Like, you should come and follow me. Uh, what, do you th- look, what do you reckon? I would, yeah, <laughs> he wants to. I can tell that he's really, like, it's Jesus or you could come and follow me. I'll probably do heaps more fun things. Like, I don't know what Jesus has got planned, but, I, like, I'm a really fun guy. And uh, not all those things may be what God wants, but we could have some fun together. Would you like to follow me today? <laughs> he's getting it. Yeah, the boys are kicking in. Did you say 50-50? <laughs> Should have gone for the, and just called it quits. All right. I think he's going to pass up my offer. But once again, we can see that there's times where there are louder voices who are calling us to follow. And the thing is, don't be deceived. If you're not following Jesus, you're following something or someone. We're all following something, right? 
All right, now last of all, what I'd like you to do, Toby, is to take that tea towel and just tie it around your head so that you can't see. All right. Yeah, that's good. You can just hold it there. That's good. Great. All right. Now, Jesus, I just want you to continue to do your thing. And um, Toby, can I ask you, do you know where Jesus is right now? (laughs) Okay, well, he's not. All right. But sometimes we have these seasons and they can be seasons where we disconnect. Maybe we we disconnect from God's Word. Maybe we disconnect from uh, church meeting together and being encouraged. Maybe we're just like completely distracted and there are things that come up in life and it's like we're blinded to the things of God, all right? And I wanna show you what we need in these moments. Jesus, can you actually call out and call Toby to you? There we go. And you can have a hug, a man hug. All right. I think we're done with our illustration. Can you put your hands together? I even chose a guy who is half deaf, but he could still hear Jesus. So praise the Lord. I want to show you one more passage. Jump to Matthew 4. And this is a great example, Matthew 4, 18. Right back at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, he's starting to call people to follow him. It says, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were both in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Now, I want you to see here, Greg shared it so beautifully in worship this morning. God calls all different types of people. He calls us work in progress. He calls us broken up people. He calls people who might be smart, people who may not be so smart. He calls us from different backgrounds in life. And here today we see that some of the people that Jesus chose to champion God's plans and purposes for him on earth were uneducated people, down-to-earth blokes. Now, they left their boat and their father behind. They left their trade. They left their jobs. It was likely a family business. They left that behind. They left behind probably expectations and hopes that their father had that they would continue on in the same way. They left all that behind to follow in Jesus' footsteps. And we see that the call to follow Jesus involved 
an immediate commitment and cost. There was no living the old life. There was no trusting and relying in old ways. It was to be immediate. Followers of Jesus are people who are so radically impacted and inspired and motivated that they are willing to surrender everything to follow Him. This is who we are as followers of Jesus. And this call to follow Jesus as a disciple actually meant that they would follow this person and they would accept their beliefs and their lifestyle. And as you continue to read through uh, the book of Matthew and Mark, you see this process where Jesus calls the followers. He teaches them about what the kingdom looks like. He shows them how to bring the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And then he empowers them and releases them to do the same thing. This was Jesus' way. And this is his way for you and I. So I wanna highlight a couple of things as I finish up here. When it comes to following Jesus, there can be a cost. There can be a cost. What do I mean by that? There will always be a level of surrender involved with following Jesus. Something will need to be surrendered. Elijah gives up his wealthy life, maybe even a dream of growing a bigger business. The disciples, they leave their nets and their family. The people following Jesus in Luke 9, they find out that some of the things that they considered to be important were not so important to Jesus. He wanted an immediate response to what He was calling them to. And so I want you to hear this today, is that if you are holding on to something, there may be something that God wants you to release in surrender to be able to follow Him fully. Second one is this, Jesus called for a commitment that was above human relationships and earthly distractions. He loves people. He loves people. But He knows that people and things can pull us away from Him. Thirdly, Jesus called people to a life that focused on the spiritual. He said to His disciples, I want to make you fishers of men not actual fish, right? He said, let the dead bury their own dead. He said, don't look back, but look forward with me. Last one, Jesus called for a commitment that was instant and wholehearted. It was not selective. There was not an opportunity for us to make it how we want it. We don't get to say, I like Jesus, but I'm not so big on forgiveness. I like Jesus, but I'm not so sure about purity. The cross comes with the crown. And when we see Jesus on the cross, there was this sign that was placed above Him that said the King of the Jews. And it was right in that Jesus is the King. He is King over all, over everything and everyone. And it's sometimes it's easy for us to come and see Him as our Saviour on that cross who paid the penalty for our sins so that we could know God. 
but not to surrender our lives to Him as King, as Lord. But the cross comes with a crown. Jesus calls us to follow Him and lay our lives down for His way. Not just to be a follower of Jesus, but to be following Jesus. And so what does it look like? Well, first of all, the call to follow, there's a response to that. If we say yes, then we're gonna need some directions, right? Now, anyone here who is in a relationship knows of those times when you might be driving somewhere completely unfamiliar and you have one person driving the car and the other person is navigating. And I'm, I'm pretty sure like this wouldn't happen in our relationship, but in some relationship, they can be some pretty frosty moments that take place in the car. Just speaking for the drivers in the room, it's really hard at times to turn left when it needed to be back there, <laughs> especially when it needed to be about three minutes ago, right? Some of us are good at following directions and some of us are not so good, but we need to know where Jesus is leading us. And I want, I want you to hear this today, is that we need God's Word. And if you're not in God's Word for yourself, then you are gonna follow something, but it may not be Jesus. You're gonna piece things together and you're gonna end up missing out even on some of who He is. And I want you to see this right at the beginning there. We see Elijah come and he calls Elisha. He was simply doing what God had instructed him to do. We read a bit before that God had literally told him to go and find him and anoint him. He'd given him instructions. He told him what to do. The disciples did this. They watched Jesus. This, this Greek word for follow actually means imitate. They knew that this process of following Jesus was to actually imitate Jesus. And we have this calling. And then we need His voice. We need to be able to hear His voice. The still small voice of the Holy Spirit who reveals Scripture to us, reveals the Father to us and daily can guide us and lead us the ways that Jesus wants. So I'm gonna invite you to jump on your feet. We're gonna have a time of worship as we finish up here. But I want you to hear this. If you are here today and you aren't a follower of Jesus, then I need you to hear this, is that there is an invitation. Jesus is giving you an invitation to come to Him, to follow Him today. And you can literally start that journey with Him today and we'd love to help you with that. And there's some people here today and you've been following Jesus for a long time, but it's time for you to burn the plough and to kill the oxen because you've been trying to drag them along as you follow Jesus. And there's a steak feast to look forward to. There's a celebration as you step into what God has for you. But that time is today.
as I was preparing this too, I, I realised that for Elisha, there was this incredible honour to be called by this mighty man of God to follow Him and to be a part of the plans and purposes of the Lord. For the disciples, there was this amazing honour to be given this invitation to leave everything and follow Jesus. And I wonder if sometimes we just miss ourselves. The incredible honour it is that we have been invited to follow Jesus. How often do we give Him gratitude and just say, Jesus, I'm so grateful that You've called me and that I get to follow You. Thank You for making me one of Your followers. I'm gonna pray and then we're gonna move into this time of worship. And this time of worship today is a moment of reflection where I just want to encourage you to ask God, to invite the Holy Spirit and say, is there some way I need to be following differently today? Do you have something new for me? Do you have something different? Does something need to be released so that I can not only be a follower of Jesus, but I can be following Jesus today? And so God, Holy Spirit, we pray that You would come. Speak to our hearts right now. Lord, we wanna be following You every day, every moment of our lives that we would be following You. Father, we know that Your plans and purposes are best, God. We know that in You there is hope and a future. And so Holy Spirit, I pray that You would come and speak to our hearts this morning, Lord. That you'd find a people who are ready to surrender, to be immediately obedient to wherever you want to lead us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Thanks so much for listening to Hope Community Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message and remember to subscribe to the channel to keep up to date. From everyone here at Hope Community, have the best week.